reason to tune in with DLC. Your downloadable commentary for the week. We love it the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Brooklinen. They're bringing the show, DLC, of course, the show all about games in the many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who's going to be picking strawberries in just a few short hours. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian! Hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody. I I was like I thought I was going to get my own intro music again. I thought it was going to keep playing for me, and I was going to be so excited. And then... uh, the, it loops now. I don't know why. It's a new development that I'm never ready for. Uh, now it loops. But I like uh... I, I like the loops. Uh, man, I whew, another busy week in games, my friend. Yeah, I mean, don't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop games no Please and i help. will be picking straw maybe as you're listening to this i already picked strawberries happy mother's day to uh all the moms out there and to yeah. all the all those all, you probably already missed it so oops yeah uh, def- you definitely already missed it if if you're listening to this as your cue then apologize to your mom uh yeah. or, or the moms in your lives oops um but hopefully you had a delightful mother's day hopefully everybody listening has a delightful mother's day we got, as you said, a lot to talk about. There's tons of video game news. We're recording slightly early because of Mother's Day. Uh, so hopefully nothing drops. I'm sure there will be huge news that we will miss, as usual. But we'll do our best to cover it. And we're going to have the benefit of an awesome guest. One of our favorite guests. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, once again, DLC stands for Drawing Locomotion into Characters. Because we have senior animator at Riot Games, one of our favorite people. Lana Bashinsky is back with us. Hey, Lana. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Christian. Hello, Chad, who's hanging out with us on the Saturday night. Yeah. Very pumped to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Uh, it's always a delight to talk to you. And we have a lot to get to. So let's get right into it and start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments or questions, your own reviews if you like. We love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Or alternatively, or in addition to... You can also visit our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. We also have a Discord that's lively and fun with a lot of great folks in it. It's 5x5dlc on the Discord as well. But Lana, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? My story of the week is that Nintendo has announced Game Builder Garage. Um... It seems like a very, very cool thing and something I would have died for growing up as soon as I realized video games were a thing. Uh, Nintendo will release Game Builder Garage, a new game that will let players make their own games for Nintendo Switch on June 11th. 
Game Builder Garage will teach players how to create their own game through fun, guided lessons that cover the basics of visual game programming. Uh, They say that you will not need any prior experience. Uh, There are two different modes. One is lesson mode, where players can learn the basic concept of visual programming in step-by-step interactive lessons to make I think one of six different types of games, uh, side scrollers, a, like, a like a spaceship, uh, shoot 'em up, like kill all the bricks kind of mode. Uh, I should have written them down. I forgot what the other modes are, but a whole bunch of different stuff. And then there is also free programming mode where players can use any of these lessons that they've learned into creating their own games that they can then share online with strangers or their family. Uh, it's going to be $29.99. Love that. It's so great. Love the $30 price point. That's, I think, the best part. I was shocked by that. And I was yeah. told that, I guess, for Nintendo's like more educational or like kids-focused things, um, they try and keep the prices cheaper. So good job on that, Nintendo. That's I don't know, kind. man. Th- those, those Labo sets were pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah, per, you know, those- per set, maybe not uh, the most efficient <laughs> financially. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't there like $80, $120 Labo sets? Or am I making that up? I, I recall them being really expensive. I but. never. I have not tried the Labo in any yeah. in any way. I don't but, think the Labo took off either. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be more Labo. <laughs> um, but uh, if anybody's ever heard of something like Stencil, um, the trailer shows that it is. It's called uh, visual game programming, so it's like a visual scripting thing, which is really cool. Because if you want to sort of like, if I imagine if you're a parent or even if you are just interested in seeing like a little bit behind the curtain of what makes games. Like the visual scripting that they have going on looks exactly like the kind of stuff that I use every day with Unreal. I think it is a great to teach kids how to code. And if you love video games and you're a parent and you want your kids to experience video gaming in that thoughtful um, sort of educational way, it seems like a really great beginner tool. Yes, it's, it does seem clearly aimed at young people and getting their brains working in a way that, as you said, completely translates into the real tools that you need to create video games. And, you know, we've seen stuff like this before, obviously with uh, Dreams and, and maybe even Little Big Planet before it. There are a number of other uh, make your own game thing. But I think, as you seem to be pointing out here, I think the fact that it's Nintendo is even a bigger deal. And with how much, you know, Super Mario Maker took off, you can imagine there'll be a lot of people uh, being quite creative with this and pushing it to its limits and seeing, you know, seeing what what it's capable of. My question to you, Lana, is do you think this is going to be robust enough to keep people's attention? Because we haven't really seen a ton about it. But what I saw of the re- announcement trailer, it looked pretty simplistic. And I don't know if that was just showing you, you know, the early building blocks or if there is going to be a sort of an upper bound to what is what it's capable of. Uh, I definitely think there will be an upper bound, but I that's one of the things I'm so curious about as well, because they show like, okay, you can make one of these six different types of games, but then they also show them like hand drawing sprites that look really janky, like a kid yeah. to them. Um or And I'm wondering, like, how deep can you get into learning how to make sprites? Like, it seems like there's moments of depth, even if, like, the entire thing will not have the depth that it requires. Yeah. Um, Even if it doesn't keep people's attention, though, for in a super extended period of time, I think as a learning tool for kids, I just imagine it will have enough appeal I know a lot of parents who get really stressed out about how much screen time their kids have uh, or they're 
they how they feel like addicted to video games and they're worried that their kids are going to not want to do anything. And I just imagine this world where you're like, okay, my kid loves video games. And if they can put, put the pieces together, like, oh, they could be an engineer and that's an impressive title. Like, I just feel like there's a whole world of video games that, that a, a generation of kids could embrace in, in a really powerful way. So yeah. Even if like there's a moment where you graduate to Unity or Unreal, like right, and those I are basically only- free, so you could, you know, you could graduate to those yeah. things and and not have even any more sunk cost. It's it's yeah. pretty incredible. And and also, even if you're not turning yourself in or you know turning your kid or a kid turning him or herself into a programmer, you are learning logic, right? It's yes. it's basically if then statements. It's procedural it's creating these flow charts that create a, a, a systemic logic and that is useful right that's just good problem solving and cognitive development for a kid and so i think there's really only upside to this i i'm i'm on your page lana i think this is like a really awesome product for them to be introducing Especially if they can make their own art. I think maybe yeah. I'm biased because I'm an artist in video games, but if they also just had like all these sprites that would, would be used, I feel like there's a, a level of creativity that it wouldn't be quite unlocked. But if, if kids can get in there and, and, or anybody who's interested can get in there and start making their own sprites and making their own animations, I just think there's a level of creative expression here that would be huge. Well, really it's, exciting. it's, I think you bring up a good point. It, and it sounds like what you're saying is that. It's good that it's not branded Mario because mm-hmm. I think that you could have seen this as an extension of Mario Maker or even it could have been a product that allowed Mario Maker to do other kinds of things or had a lot of those Mario Maker assets or some sort of you know handshake with Mario Maker in some way. But it does seem to be a completely separate thing and they're not using those assets. It sounds like from your perspective, that's a good thing and it, it really doesn't limit the creativity of the, of the user. Mm-hmm. Even if you want, even if the kids were like, oh, this is a Nintendo thing. I want to make Mario. Then they have to make him. And then they'd be like, well, this time he's Mario with no mustache or like, I don't know, something, right. something crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the craziest thing that could be. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Christian, um, you have kids. Uh, what do you think about this product? Do you think it is something that kids would embrace? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about kids, but dad's looking for a career pivot. You know what I mean? There you so, go. like, I'm, uh, uh, I think it's that fine line of it needs to be fun enough, um, but also simple enough. And, uh, you know, having only watched the trailer and read about it, it looks like it kind of bridges that. But, you know, dreams is certainly something that my kids have not been interested in, even like the more just art stuff. It's like in space and twin sticks and, you know, that they didn't really connect with. Um, but I think I'm, I'm hopeful that this could walk someone through it who is kind of new to that thought process, as, as you two were talking about, and get them engaged. I, I don't know if it will, you know, it's not the cure-all, right? It's not like, well, my kid plays way too much Fortnite. <laughs> Why don't you go play Game Builder Garage, you know, Susie? Yeah. No, Mom. <laughs> no, you know, it's not going to be like, right. I know you like ice cream. <laughs> But Nintendo just made broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's broccoli. Per se. Maybe it's broccoli with cheese on it. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe some Velveeta, you know? Um, yeah. Some cheese Whiz. Yeah. Um, I think it but, hides, I think it's hiding the, the nutrition pretty well. I think it's, it does seem to have, a, you know, a lot of a candy coated shell to it. Right. And, I don't and know. We've, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. 
we have a, a gosh, I forget the name of it, but it's like this little robot that interacts with the iPad. And it, it's v- also a very visual um, coding language to get kids involved in that. They love for like an afternoon and then forget about for months and then yeah. love for a weekend. And then, um, but again, at 30 bucks, this is a very easy dad downloads it digitally uh, onto their switch. And then one day it's like, this is what we're doing today. And then I'll see if they love it. And if they don't, you know, it's the cost of going out to dinner, which I haven't done in a year. So I have, <laughs> I, have that, yeah. I have that 30 bucks somewhere. I don't know where you go out to dinner and get away with 30 bucks. <laughs> uh, the fanciest place is, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's called uh, a Burger <laughs> King. Yeah. Burger King. <laughs> King. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. feel like maybe I'm being like a little too romantic about it because uh, I, growing up, me and my siblings would, would design games a lot, but we would use all of our... Marvel cards and our stuffed animals and like jump ropes. And we'd make basically like D and D dungeon maps on the ground. It's awesome. And like fight. And so if I was like, man, if we were kids and we could have just made the game, like would have been so sick. And so maybe that's just, you know, nineties baby being like, be so dope to have done that. But well, it's also someone who clearly works in games expressing at an early age their <laughs> desire to work in games yeah, maybe maybe yeah. well, my, my son is not yet five he turns five in september but he has become obsessed with mario and all things mario he wants to find out the names of all the bad guys we talk about mario endlessly at the dinner table uh he, i limit the screen time but all he wants is is to play mario uh and he w- turned to me last week we were outside playing and there's we have like outdoor furniture and they have pillows on them and we were using the pillows and he's like daddy daddy uh I, the the pillows are fireballs throw the fireballs at me i'll be about Bow- you be bowser i'll be mario whatever so we were playing mario in real life and at a certain point he turned to me and he goes daddy when i grow up i want to be a game designer oh. and then when i cu- recovered from crying out of joy uh i uh i you know started thinking like okay how do i encourage this and it feels like this i mean He's just learning to read. So I, th- I kind of feel like reading is going to be key for this software. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really am kind of excited about introducing it to him and see if it clicks with him. And, you know, it's Have not you- Mario branded, but I think he could, you know, it's like you made this, buddy. It's, it's the idea of, of making programming Lego in a, in a sense is, is pretty exciting, I think. Have you introduced him to crunch yet? Because I think that's a big thing. He'll have to learn. Like, no, you got to stay. Oh, yes. You, you can't. <laughs> stay in your room until oh, the program my. is finished. Until there are no bugs in your in your logic, buddy. But I will give you this bag of chips and you for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Daddy I mean, gives you all the benefits. <laughs> and look at this amazing workspace. It's just basically. Like, just yeah, like your bed's now under, your, under this desk, son. <laughs> Like many young people who get into the business, my kids would take that bargain. You know, they'd be like, yeah. wait, the chips are free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, all right. So that, um, in, in case we didn't mention, that's coming out real soon. Uh, the um, June release, 11th. Yeah, June 11th. Pretty exciting. And it, I think nobody saw it coming. Completely stealth uh, announcement coming out quickly. Game Builder Garage on Switch. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? The Ubi universe is growing, is my story of the week. Uh, Ubisoft kind of announced, well, kind of in brand, well, I'll say the thing first, but um, changes or updates to The Division. There is a new free-to-play game coming out that is called Heartland. 
There's also a mobile game coming out that I'm assuming is also free to play because mobile. Um, and with that is the like the film I think got announced also or some aspect of that. And and with that, I have it up on the the stream. It's like a Ubisoft original is kind of like part of their branding. Like the, there's already the Tom Clancy verse, and now it seems like the Division is becoming its own. Um, multimedia thing and i guess the biggest most relevant to this show update is that red storm is making a free-to-play the division related game um and you can sign up for you know alpha stuff now but i don't think there was word on when it was actually coming out i think it's just kind of a tentative soon. Uh, it says coming to pc and consoles in 2021 slash 2022 yeah so I- at some point right <laughs> just a year-long release window <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah the netflix film there it is so yeah there's the division the division heartland which is its own standalone free-to-play thing the division mobile and then a netflix film the division it, it seems like a lot's going on in that world well yeah a bunch of big name people are in the division film if i could, i'm just remembering it's not written here i don't remember who it was but isn't it like uh jake gyllenhaal or somebody is in the division film it's some some big names already signed on to it um, that makes sense to me. I mean, they've had big name. I mean, it's a Tom Clancy verse thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think it's going to be hard to get talent to sign up for it. Um, Although I, I heard think that without remorse movie is terrible. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was very bad. I've seen it. Remorse? The and new one, the, uh, Michael B. Hall, um, um, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan, excuse me. I have yeah. no remorse in watching it while folding laundry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Yeah. Uh, now, since we're there, there is a scene. I know, Jeff, you don't watch trailers or whatever, but the movie's been out for, this isn't a spoiler, just a moment where he is shirtless and like puts water on his body. I didn't think he could get bigger than he was in Black Panther. Man, Michael B. Jordan is just, yeah, he's a, he's a <laughs> he's great a God. He dude. Oh. He's a honk. I, I don't know why he put water on himself in that moment, but <laughs> my family was glad he did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this, this expansion, the division as a, as an IP, I think they're doubling down on the division and I think UB has a, a history of doing that with their franchises, right? They certainly went all out on Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and, you know, all these, these franchises. That's kind of the way of the world now is if you have franchises, you diversify, you broaden, you double down on them. Uh, do you think, Christian, A, these sound like games and products that you are excited for and interested in? And B, The Division is worthy of that kind of attention. Do you think it's a top tier franchise? Yes, except for mobile. Um, I, I, I'd be hopeful that it would be done well, but I don't know. So far, the Ubisoft mobile games haven't clicked with me. Um, I'm very excited for Apex Legends mobile. I played a lot of Fortnite when, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's the other big story that I don't think we'll talk about this week because it's still very much going on. But Apple versus Epic is, there's so yeah. much hot goss <laughs> coming out yes. of those. It's extreme. It's, yeah. Yeah. But if they do something more akin to, like, I would love, I'm very interested in Diablo Immortal. That played great uh, a few years ago when I played it at, at BlizzCon. The people in Australia and the Alpha say it's fun. So I like the idea of a looter you style. you trust people in Australia, though? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's a, an entire <laughs> island of criminals. Uh, Cri- right? <laughs> yes, thank okay. you. I'm doing a We Have Concerns bit. You must not bit. watch this show. You know yeah. what? 
Sorry, I've, I got my well, shows confused. I'm doing a We Have Concerns bit on, on the wrong show. <laughs> we have an ongoing gag about uh, how uh, Australia is just a bunch of criminals. <laughs> so wait a minute. You're telling me that as we are discussing the Division universe, we've entered the Kanata Potiverse as well? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I guess, I guess a crossover my, episode? Yeah, sometimes I get my wires crossed a bit. Um, um, it's probably because I mentioned Michael B. Jordan, shirtless with water on him. Yeah, in movie. I'm still reeling from that. <laughs> yeah. But Heartland, I think, sounds promising. You know, again, Fortnite, uh, Valorant, Apex, um, there's pedigree there for that top-tier shooter-style game done free-to-play in a way that is not aggressive and annoying and um, predatory. And as a film, yeah, I mean – it's it's you know it's just all of those movies right like it depends on the writer and director and, and talent they get it attached but is there something there in a society that's ravaged by a plague <laughs> that shuts it down as it spreads I, I think there might be interesting story to tell you know yeah i mean that, that's interesting i wonder if there's been any rewrites on that, on that film script and they're like oh too close to real I don't know. know. Wasn't Contagion like the number one movie, like the start of the pandemic? Maybe people are like, people have lived through this now. Now this is content that they're like, that dude's not wearing a mask. (laughs) It's funny. I know he's getting got. I feel like you make a great point, but I feel like uh, Contagion was super popular right at the beginning of of the pandemic because people are like, I remember that movie. Like, <laughs> let's see what's going to happen. And then now that we've had a year plus of that life, I feel like people are like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch that stuff anymore. <laughs> I lived it. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it'd be interesting to see if that. I mean, uh, the, yeah, depending on where they go, I think more problematic, but Tom Clancy movies have not really dealt with it anyway. It's just the idea of policing and super cops and guns first, like, right. you know, as a society, um, I'd like to see us move away from that narrative and media a little bit more, but you know, like the fall of Rikers, how did that happen? Or like the rise of any, like these gangs that take place and yeah. um, in this universe. So, so I think there's a lot that can be done and I don't think it started filming yet, if that's right. So maybe we'll look back fondly in, in 2023 of like the quaintness of a, <laughs> of a small <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Lana, you work for a company that makes very successful free-to-play games. So uh, I've heard. That uh, I, I think most people would agree does the free-to-play model pretty darn well. Um, what do you think about a free-to-play offshoot of an established traditional game? Uh, do you think that that's a good idea? Is it something you would want to see? Uh, that's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm sort of torn because I, ironically, as a consumer, I do like, you know, the new content. I like seeing what's, what's, what's next, a whole new skin line. That's so exciting. Oh, this one makes me look like a baller. I'm definitely going to be wearing that. Like, I like that experience. Uh, I think as a dev, the idea of free to play, it always feels like very exhausting in a way where it's like, oh man, wouldn't it be great to just make it and then people just bought it and then you can move on with your lives. Um, (laughs) But I've also worked in free-to-play games until like moving into R&D, like exclusively, other than like when I worked on StarCraft for three months as an intern. And so I think that's just my personal bias of being like, it is fun to develop that kind of thing and it is fun to engage with that kind of thing as a player, but also 
you got to feed that beast, right? Uh, yeah, you got yeah. to constantly feed that. And the beast. next idea has to be as good or better. It has yeah. to be as good or better. And so, uh, I think free to play could be something really exciting and fun for the people who like seeing new stuff and really expressing themselves and their character in those kind of worlds. But as a developer, I'm like, Whew, you guys starting on that train? Choo choo, baby, get going. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Podcasting is very much the same. That's why we keep bringing you back. We're like, we got to have this show be as good or better as the last one. How are we going to do that? Gosh, we got to give the people what they want. We got to feed the beast. And I get so nervous. That's why I get so sweaty still every time. (laughs) I got to be as good or better than the last. No, you 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 raised the bar for us. That's the problem. You raised the bar. Um, Yeah, I think this is. uh, I think this is interesting. You know, I have a hard time getting excited when I hear the word free to play after a game announcement. And so I think it's a a vestigial bias of being an old guy and, and being around before there was free to play and sort of feeling like the, the, I don't know, I don't want to say right way, but the, the way I'm more comfortable engaging with a a game is purchasing it and then playing it. (laughs) But there are plenty, as I said, uh, Landis company is a great example. There are many examples of free to play doing, doing right by the player and being a phenomenal way to interact with the game. And Yubi is perfectly capable of doing it. And this team is perfectly capable of doing it. And the division is, I haven't, I did not play the division two as much as the division one. And I kind of, I still have division two installed on my hard drive and I keep telling myself, I'm going to get back into it. I really like those games. I really enjoyed the first game a lot. I played a ton of the first one. And I think it's a cool franchise. I've, I always really dug the interplay, the team play, the way the the just the sort of the feel of the game and the 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 interplay of of the tech powers and stuff. I think it could be a really cool free to play game. So we'll see how it goes as it as it's released in the <laughs> year window that it's supposed to come out. But I think it's a, a worthy franchise, and it's interesting to see it move forward, especially if the movie's any good. The movie's great. I think it could really kind of move into that next stratosphere. I think you had a... a, Oh, go ahead, Christian. A a great point, Jeff, of an existing franchise, though. Like, Riot's games are their own games. Um, You know, they're going to... The fight or whatever that one is, Project P, or or when Valorant was Project A, it wasn't, here is um, Battlefield, now free-to-play. And Call of Duty certainly has successfully made that transition but for a lot of these games that we talked about initially fortnite apex um riots slate of games are new ip so there's not that instant comparison and i i wonder to what extent that adds issues for there's two games and what three excellent expansions for the division maybe six across the two games of like can this live up to that? How is this different than that? How is this nickel and diming me versus that? Versus right. if they came out with a new game called, you know, Tom Clancy's The Multiplication. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and let it run. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, lots of, uh, lots of news this week for me to choose from for my story of the week. I want to hit on a couple of just quick hit updates. If you listen to this podcast to give you the, the top tier video game news, then I owe it to you, dear listener, to update you on a few things that we have talked about in past weeks. We mentioned, I think just last week, about Metro Exodus having a new enhanced edition out on PC that requires an RTX card, requires ray tracing. Well, uh, we talked a lot about that last week about how it's not coming to consoles. Yeah, update. It's coming to consoles. 
uh, June 18th, the uh, free next-gen Metro Exodus upgrade for Xbox Series X and S and PlayStation 5 will be available. They're calling this one Metro Exodus Complete Edition. So there you go. That is happening for consoles. Pretty cool. Uh, another update that I should mention is that Tony Hawk 1 and 2 is coming to Switch. I know, Christian, you were huge on this, the the remaster, remake of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Um, it's coming to Switch, so I, I'm sure you're excited yeah, about that. This had been announced, but we didn't have a date for it. Now they this Nintendo tweet gave it the date of June 25th, so it kind of came out with the other... Um, announcement of other additions or whatnot, but I think it would play really well on the Switch. I think they're... Did they show some footage of it? I forget, but it's a game that... It's just just a treat to play, and I think having it in that portable form... There was footage. I remember seeing footage somewhere when they announced it. Um, Yes, 60 frames is better, and the updated version is better, and on PC is better, but am I going to buy it on Switch when it goes on sale? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, but my, as for my story of the week, I think I'm going to go with an intriguing one that may not mean anything, but to me, it's kind of interesting. It turns out somebody noticed that Sony has filed a trademark for Sunset Overdrive. Now, if you recall, Sunset Overdrive was the Xbox One exclusive from Ex- Insomniac Games. And since then... <laughs> Insomniac was acquired by Sony. Sony acquired Insomniac in August of 2019. Uh, all the way back in 2014, Insomniac made an Xbox exclusive, Xbox One exclusive game called Sunset Overdrive. It wasn't a game I loved. I thought it had some really cool ideas. Clearly, I think set them up in certain ways for Spider-Man. Like there's you can see a bit of the Sunset Overdrive DNA in Spider-Man with the traversal of that big open world from sunset overdrive but for my money a pretty disappointing game i think so it's interesting to see sony trademarking it it could mean nothing it could just mean that they're sort of getting all their ip sorted as this acquisition of insomniac goes through and they you know get get it all you know dot the dot the t's and cross the i's as one says um but it also could mean that there's going to be a new Sunset Overdrive game or Sunset Overdrive Universe game. And uh, that's the interpretation of this news that I think we should discuss. I don't know if I'm excited about that. I will say that my opinion of Insomniac as a game development studio was always high, but certainly post-Spider-Man, it has gone even higher, right? I think they are capable of making a great game out of the Sunset Overdrive Universe. I just... I never really liked the tone of it. It felt kind of crass and goofy in a way that didn't didn't work for me. Um, Lana, did you ever play Sunset Overdrive? Were you familiar with that franchise? Are you I excited am, for a, a potential new one? I am familiar with it. My, I have not played it uh, for exactly the reason you just mentioned. It seemed like there was like, like it was like this very bright, colorful world, but it was also like edgy and blah, like kind of yeah wacky, extreme. Yeah, edgy and the like most unsophisticated way, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I wasn't too hype on it. Uh, but like thinking about it now, I really liked sort of visually like a very bright, like obviously not taking itself too seriously. Like a lot of the 
like visual elements of it. And I remember like, like rail grinding and like, like again, crazy traversal running around this space. So thinking about a, a next iteration of that, assuming that Sony's not trademarking it for somebody else to pick it up or something with everything Insomniac has learned from Spider-Man and from what I can only assume will be amazing Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Right. Like thinking of a, a world where, some of the really cool visual elements as well as the really satisfying game feel elements of those two games come together to create some other zany, bright, super in- incredible game feel with truly next-gen looking elements to it. I am very, I'm very excited about the, the potential for what that could hold. But if it is that same kind of like tone, I'll be like, eh. Yeah. But, but uh, I, there are definitely elements from Insomniac that I could be excited seeing in a colorful, non-serious, very buoyant world. That's my worry is that what, what they're trademarking is the tone, right? Like the identity of that game universe is kind of the tone. And that's my worry is that why put out another game in that universe? If it's not going to be that, I I hope I'm wrong if they're making it, but Christian, I, I think you shared my view on sensitive overdrive when it came out. I think we both kind of agreed that it wasn't, really for us um but i know like me you think insomniac is a top tier developer do you want them spending time on a new sunset overdrive game if they can make it great or would you rather them be doing either new ip or the stuff that we already know that we love from them yeah i should say um i love sunset overdrive and i'm available to write the sequel (laughs) (laughs) sunset overdrive is a game that um should have been made for me I'm a pop punk kid, a skater. I, I grew up, I, I loved all that stuff. And the, the marketing for it initially, I was like, this is great. It's like early Blink-182 irreverence, kind of self-aware. Um, I, thought, I thought I was going to love it. And then when I played the game, it, it, it felt to me like the Big Bang Theory version of that <laughs> that is a such an apt description sorry continue <laughs> no you're but right it's, 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 it's so like good. you know um i love my in-laws they are wonderful wonderful people but like oftentimes about like nerd culture stuff like that's their entry point like oh it's like and i'm like it's not like that. It, like it's, <laughs> i feel like i'm very interested in like how you just said it was it was a game that should have been for you i also grew up um with like pop punk I mean, you're Canadian. Like huge... You have Avril Lavigne in your blood. I know it. I was, well, I was also some 41. Like some 41 person myself. Um, and your sister's band should have been on the soundtrack for Sunset Overdrive. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yeah, Like, exactly. it's perfect. Um, but it's like they saw pictures of skater kids and heard a single pop punk song and they're like, we get it. And like somebody described what like skater slash pop punk culture What's was. Up? Hello there, fellow <laughs> kids. <laughs> Hello there, fellow Blink-182 Yeah. And then I did not We're finish We're going to turn game. this one to Blink-185. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't finish it. I think I got farther than you. And the gameplay, like the and again, I think Insomniac has learned some lessons. Like Spider-Man, the traversal's great right from right out of the gate. Sunset Overdrive, if my memory serves correct, and again I did not finish it, but I think it's like the first third of the game, you don't have your best traversal m- moves. They're like half midway unlocks and then when you unlock it it's like oh i i love moving around this world 
but then there were also things kind of like that self-referential, but not quite getting it, in my opinion, landing the joke. There were missions where it's like, you know what sucks about open world games when you have to go collect all these things? They're the worst. I don't get why they make, I didn't understand why I knew why they made you do that in games. I hate it. But now I know. So go get 10 chickens. And I'm like, you can't. It's not funny. You were right. It stinks to yeah. do that. Now don't make me do that. And they made you do it. And they didn't like turn it on its head. It was like, do it. Um, but the traversal, the traversal became incredible. The, I love, uh, the brightness of the world, as Lana mentioned, I think is really fun. So I would love to see a sequel, you know, that's Assassin's Creed two to Assassin's Creed. Right. Like, I think there's yeah. a lot of potential there and I think it's been long enough and the game wasn't that big of a sales success that I don't think if you angered the quote unquote purists, I think you'd still have a hit, you know, like, yeah. Angered the sunset overdrive purists. <laughs> That's a niche, There's a very vocal contingent of <laughs> sunset overdrive fans. Yeah. There, I'm sure there is. Like, I'm sure don't there ruin is. this lore. If there's not 10 chickens I need to collect in game two, I'm out. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting IP to see trademarked again, right? Because it, I don't think the game did particularly well, uh, but – Clearly, I don't know, there's some reason for it. It could it, it could very well be a bookkeeping thing that Sony's like, these are the things that the company we purchased owns. We want to make sure we keep owning them, you know, just to have the option at some point. It could mean nothing, but I think it's fascinating. And I like talking about stuff and asking the what ifs. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. All right. Well, we got uh, enough of the what ifs. We got some uh, what you've been plans to d- get to. Uh, but first, let me thank our sponsor, which is Brooklinen. Oh, man. Brooklinen is my sheets. I, uh, I just curled up last night into a freshly laundered set of Brooklinen sheets. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy the experience of sliding into a Brooklinen pair of sheets. But I, I talk about the sheets a lot. The thing that you might not think about when you think Brooklinen is comforters. Now, think about your comforter. It's probably even more important than your sheets. It's probably the core of comfort. It's the comforter, right? It's the comforter. It's where you get the most comfort on your bed. Now, think about your comforter. How's it looking these days? Does it look like uh, like yours truly? A little lumpy? Maybe a little deflated? Huh? Doesn't have the fluff it once did? Yeah, I'm talking about me. I'm also talking about potentially your comforter. So maybe it's time for a refresh on your comforter. Brooklyn creates beautiful, high-quality bedding and home essentials, including the comforters. They come in lightweight, all-season, ultra-warm. There's a style to suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even the weighted comforter option for stress relief. Uh, That's a little too much for me. I can't handle the weighted option, but I know people swear by it. For me, I, I, I feel like I just get too hot with the weighted comforter, just too much on me. But that's why you can get the lightweight, which is all the way to the other end of the spectrum, the all-season or the ultra-warm, pretty awesome. Also, they offer a variety of materials, including an eco-friendly recycled-down alternative. And the uh, comforters obviously pair perfectly with their sheets, their pillows, and their duvet covers. There's a reason that Brooklinen has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting like I said, I'm one of those 75,000. I five stars from me for Brooklyn and for my sheets. I just love it. It is so far beyond the comfort level, the luxury feeling of the sheets I used to have. I just, I swear by it and I can't go back. I have multiple Brooklynens. 
So treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with Brooklinen's Comforter Collection. Go to brooklinen.com, promo code SPICE to get $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code SPICE for $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code SPICE. It is time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Lana. Yes. I see that you are returning to the Returnal as we all are lately. Christian has been playing it. I've been playing it. Let's talk some Returnal. Yes, please. I love it. Oh, my gosh. This is one of those games where like immediately like watching the first trailer, even that poster where or the – yeah, like the background where it's her her head and she's standing in between all the different helmets that have clearly died a different way. Like, excellent. Just the game for me. Um, I've had kind of a funny experience with Returnal. Um, I, like the day before I was going to play it or the day I was going to play it, I was baking uh, bread and I pulled my Dutch oven out of the oven and then I put the bread in the thing. This is tangential. I'm sorry. And then I accidentally grabbed like the 450 degree Dutch oven lid with my bare skin. Oh no. And I brutally scalded all my fingies and I like couldn't take it off ice. I was so excited to play this game. I was like the start of a week off that I had. The next run, the next run, you didn't put your hand on. Oh my gosh. (laughs) what What I would not have given to just like end it. (laughs) <laughs> and then come back again, do it, it'd be fine. Oh, it was so brutal. But luckily, uh, I have a, a very a generous partner who decided to, you know, re- sort of ruin their returnal experience. And we actually co-played it on a single controller. What? So I- Talk about can- making a hard game even harder. That's like- <laughs> That's like those these YouTubers that like you know I played it with the Dance Dance Revolution controller. I, I played Hades on a pomegranate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, uh, what I did is I first I burned all my fingers off, and yeah. then <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I honestly it was so fun to do it this way. That other than like the the arm length discrepancies so of kind of like having to like claw it in a weird way, definitely developing a new RSI from playing it. We probably played it for 10 hours, maybe more. Oh my God, you guys are adorable. You were like hugging and playing it as you're, you're like arms entwined. So as it, was, you're... it was more like, if you could picture, I know for anybody who's not looking, it was like my right arm sort of crossed over his left arm like this, but like backwards. So wow. I was sort of like this and he was this way. I can't and, believe you guys even did that at all. It seems Im- a impossible and b <laughs> completely frustrating. D- d- how how did that well, work? Did you have on. to constantly be talking like, okay, I'm gonna I'm going left, I'm going left, or what, whatever? It was oh, ten hours of just trying to select it in the UI of the PS5. Like we <laughs> didn't get past the menu. Ten no, hours in, we got past the menu. We got to we beat the uh, the first severed that you meet, and then my hand had kind of healed up enough. We started passing it off room over room. Um, oh, now I feel like I'm awful at this game. You, you played it literally with one hand tied behind your back. And I'm like, I guess the boss, first boss is hard, everybody. Oh, man, being that first boss felt great. Um, so I controlled the shooting, the jumping, and the dashing. And Jeff controlled – his name's Jeff as well um, – the, the movement, running, and the – like your special attack. 
Amazing. And, and any of the artifacts. And eventually we, we realized that for like the navigation side, we switched dash onto one of the other buttons that's not being used on his side. So he also did the dash. And it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, definitely challenging. The most challenging part would be anytime you fall off a cliff, like into the abyss. Yeah. Uh, it plants you right on the edge of that cliff. And you're not, if you're not ready to jump immediately, he's just running forward. And he's like, I said, jump, you need to jump as soon as he's gone, just jump. And that was like the moment where it's like, we're finishing this game or we're breaking up. Um, but no, amazing. It's, it's been super fun. Also, I assume you guys have talked about it before, but Returnal is rogue. Like you die, you come back, you get different power ups, you get money called obelites to buy different stuff through the game yeah, i guess I we should have i guess we should have mentioned all that at the <laughs> beginning but no i think mo- most folks uh, yeah we talked about it a lot last week and i think most folks know what returnal is but yeah it's it's you know it's not an easy game mm-hmm. but it sounds like you recommend first scalding your hand before oh, playing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah so at least when you are sad and in pain you will have bread to eat <laughs> which is <laughs> never yeah. bad never bad uh, uh that's amazing yeah. that's amazing so okay so clearly that experience was fun but over and above that experience you're 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 loving the game is there do you have any how do you feel about some of the common complaints that people have said about you know no mid-run saves um you know the just sort of level of what it asks of the player see uh, i think that that's what the common complaints kind of get to me because i'm like i'm either playing the game wrong or y'all be crazy so mm-hmm. I think the common complaints is like it's so long. I don't mind no mid-run saves because I'm the type of person where it's like, I'll just suspend the application. Right. And I don't need to save because it's in the menu and I'll just open it up, whatever. Right. Um, but the uh, uh, like if you go through and like once you beat that first boss, I feel like people must be running through the world and then like clearing most of the first biome again before they get to the second one to like get the parasites or whatever other Mm -hmm. like level ups you want but the way i play is like as soon as you get to the second zone it gives you the artifact that bumps your weapon proficiency to five anyway yeah so i've sort of like foregone any artifacts i might pick up or parasites just get the ones until i get to the crimson gateway right and then just just go on from there and sometimes it's like super fast sometimes it's a little longer but uh, plus, once you get to the boss in the second zone the first time, it has that portal that opens up, so you don't have to yeah. go up the whole thing again. Yeah, that's what they do. I think uh, is smartly is the, is they shortcut things. They g- let you mm-hmm. skip things, which is a bit of a give and take, right? Because you don't have the potential to get cool stuff in on that journey. Mm-hmm. But one, you know, a friend was giving me tips, and he's like, "You just once you get to any of the bosses, just like." shortcut and go right to them don't even worry about getting upgrades just go to the boss and practice just go to the yeah. boss and like learn the patterns and just assume you're gonna die because you have crappy weapons and you're not you know you're not getting any of the cool stuff that you've got that you would get doing normal run to get there uh but just sort of practice that boss and, and get to the point where you're like okay i know i know what to expect from it and then you can start the run where you go and and get more you know stuff. get hope that the rng is blesses you with cool weapons but but even so i find that like the boss at least i mean i've only we haven't beat the second boss yet um like to this point it's not like the patterns are impossible like you could it would take a long time to do it with a crappy weapon but as long as you're dodging well enough or sprinting at the right time yeah like you could do it and no matter what right when you get to that boss there's always that weapon sitting there that's it like at least proficiency five and maybe it's the upgraded 
sidearm, which is a piece of garbage. Yeah, it's a get that thing out of here. But like, yeah. yeah, I guess that just doesn't bother me. But I also have no social life with other things to do. So I will all, <laughs> like, I'm fine with wasting hours of my time doing this because it's all I want to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, Christian, last week I came on here and I said that I've never been more certain that something is in your wheelhouse. I feel like Returnal is a combination of a whole bunch of things you love. It feels a lot like Control to me, which is mm. one of your favorite games of all time, I think, at this point. Uh, it has a lot of, I think, Doom 2016 DNA in it. Uh, it feels like Dead Cells, which is a game you love. Um, so you said you weren't going to play it. And then this week... Rumor has it, things changed, and you played you, you played some Returnal. So, what's the verdict? What is the verdict? Yeah, so I should say, um, I, this was via email, so I'll keep it uh, private, but I was hooked up. Um, I did not buy it for $70, as I discussed last week. I, it was not worth that to me. Wow, um, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, I gotta pick and choose. I wasn't given a review code. Not that I, you know, need He's would got have needed that. But. Thirty dollar dinners to go to. Thank <laughs> you at Burger White Castle. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> um, the king of burgers. It's the king of burgers. You can't, you can't do any better. Um, <laughs> you could go to the Dairy Queen if you want to get, you know, yeah, we got burgers, beverages. I guess. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? They can turn it upside down. Um, so I, I was, I was hooked up. So thank you. I, I would not have played it, but for that. Um, it's a very well-made game. <laughs> My this is dis- the part where you stab Lana in the heart. I've done I'm- it enough with Monster I'm- Hunter. We, we have this relationship. It's okay. That's next, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We can be friends and not... Our Venn diagram is a circle of friendship, oh. and it's divergent uh, spheres for game Hastes. types. Uh, yes. Except for uh, Valheim. Um, my dislike of rogue... Type. I'm not even going to say roguelike or roguelite. Rogue type. Any type of the game supersedes the stuff that I'd otherwise would enjoy about Returnal. You mentioned You're Dead like, Cells. There's a lot of roguelikes that you like. You there's, like Hades. There's very few. Hades is the only one I liked on release. Dead Cells, I love the pixel art, but you raved about it in early access. I avoided it, avoided it, avoided it for a very long time. And then I bought it when it came out on Switch as we had friends that were playing it and swearing by it but I bounced off of it pretty quickly until they made it easy. <laughs> and then I could just play it. Cause I, I love that world. I love the visual aesthetic and Returnal is very much the same way. I think there's something fascinating going on with the story. I like the environmental storytelling that's happening. I like the voice acting. I like all of that stuff, but the, the rogue elements of it. Um, so I'll, I'll say my, my experience. So I, I, my first run, uh, I went back and looked and it was 84 minutes and in that first run, I'm going to speak vaguely about things in this first biome. I have not finished the first biome since either. Um, I went to the house. I got the astronaut. Uh, I feel like I did so many things that you would do in this biome. I got to the boss, and I got to the boss, I believe, final stage, um, and then died on the boss. And after that, I was in no way motivated to start again. Like almost 90 minutes. I have very little to show for what I did. I didn't feel like I learned 
anything. Like, it's not as if like, oh, now I know how to do this, that, or the other. Um, I guess I knew the boss's patterns for the first two stages a little better, but I didn't feel like I, I learned something more by dying. And now I'm repeating this because then I go back into the world and it's, it's organized in a different way. On the second run, when I went and played it the next day, like my second room was very difficult and, and I died, I think, because I just didn't want to be there. I, it, to me, my experience with Returnal feels like if you're playing Bloodborne and you get to a boss and die and you have to play the whole stupid level again. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to get back to the boss. I want to learn the boss. I want to have my campfire. I want to have my shortcuts unlocked throughout the level. I want to learn the level. I love that experience. But in Returnal, that doesn't happen because the level's different. And that aspect of the game, I, I'll talk about Resident Evil later. I, I like, and I don't shy away from difficult games, Sekiro, Bloodborne, whatever. But I like knowing okay, we're about to get into this. Like the first time you don't know it, you know, and you're like, oh crap. And then it's like, okay, don't go left, uh, Dark Souls, right? But like, now I'm going to go right and I know what I'm going to do and I know what I'm going to come up against. So I'm going to prepare and get ready. And I think for whatever reason, the way my brain works, I don't enjoy that randomized nature of um, rogue type games. It's the reason why I prefer something like Mega Man or Celeste over Dead Cells. It's very difficult, but I get to get better and I know some people will claim, well, the rogue games, you're getting better by learning the things that you need to do and, and whatever. It just does not click with me. And I'm also the type of person, I probably talked about this before, I'm the type of gamer that will like go to howlongtobeat.com, you know, to be like, oh, this is 25 <laughs> hours. Cool. I'm having fun with it. I'm 14 hours in. I will see the end of this. With Returnal, it doesn't seem as item dependent as other rogue type games, but like, there's a chance that I'll never get a role I like. Like I haven't got, I've, I've probably played four or yeah, probably four hours of, of Returnal so far. And I have not beat the first biome. All my subsequent runs have been worse than that first one. And I haven't had a loadout similar to that first one. And I'm just frustrated. I'm like, give me that. I was like three hits away on that first run. And I'm not getting that either. Cause I'm not finding it in the world or the game, the RNG is rolling me a different way. I don't, I don't enjoy that. And then the other two nits that I have with it uh, are just the kind of life nits of like suspending w- works, um, except when it doesn't. I, I have two young kids and I was playing and I had to help and I was like, oh, I'll just pause and go and or suspend and go. And I came back and it crashed. It lost the the that moment, not the end of the world. Um, but then for other folks, I think the suspend feature doesn't work. If like the PS five is your console and you're playing Returnal, and then your friends are like, Hey, let's play Fortnite." Mm. Wait, you can't, you know, it's not like a quick resume style game. Um, and then the no mid run save, like I, you know, would I save scum? I don't know, but like, I can't, I can't sit down to play it until nine at night or something like that to know that I need this time. And that is just an, I'm old and I have kids reason, but it it doesn't fit into my lifestyle in a way that even, um, that, uh, Hades does. Right. Where it's like, my, my kid's busy for 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And then again, I'm only on the first biome. So maybe this changes, but I also haven't seen enough of like permanent upgrades of like, I can play for 10 minutes and just die, but I'm, I know I'm getting somewhere. And I feel like I'm not. I feel like Returnal isn't respecting my very specific gamer time. But I love the combat. I love the fluidity. I I would love this game if it were made by Insomniac. You know, like if it had an end 
in like one way through it. So it's fantastic. I just don't think it's for me. That's one of the things actually, I'm glad you brought up that is kind of, I mean, I love it just by way of mastery. It's different. I'm getting better at using these different weapons. I would play it if there's no plot or permanent upgrades, but the permanent upgrades feel very far apart. Yeah. Like there, and like you could see it's the true. ones that you'll get. Like I know eventually I have not found it. I know because there are items sitting in pools of water that are acid water. And I know I'll get that upgrade. When, how. There's zipline anchors like all over yeah. the place. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. When do the I get first... the grappling gun? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing that I wish there was like a little bit faster progression on on the permanent upgrades. Uh, I agree with you there. And I love Hades. Yeah. I think just, just a little bit more that carries over through death, just a slight bit more. Uh, like if, if you had something else to purchase, uh, you know, I think dead cells does a good job of that. Uh, rogue legacy does a good job of that. Uh, well, I died, but I did make 300 gold. So I get to buy something. Uh, that's, that's, I think returnal is just a little bit slight on that stuff. And can I teleport back to that boss? Cause I don't think I can't. If, if so, I've been playing it wrong. Cause I would like not to humble brag good enough at games that i could beat that thing with the pistol yeah if i could just learn its patterns but i don't think i can on that first biome i think i need to run through it again but it's like it's it's random like how quickly i've had it yeah. spawn in the first room i've had yes. it spawn once you've gotten there room. it yeah you might yeah, you might it, be able to get to it quickly so one yeah. of the things i think one of the things that drives me actually i really love sci-fi i just finished the expanse series i really I really, really love that. Congratulations. Um, the book series, not the oh, television okay. series, sorry. The television not, series is very well done. I have, well I've done. heard. I've never, I've not seen an episode. I've not seen a screenshot of it, honestly. Oh, you're in for a treat. I'm excited. Yeah, especially since you read the books. I'm curious what you would think of it. Yeah. I had I had to get – I think the first season is is kind of objectively bad, but the second season is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, I love Stargate, so I feel like anything that is less campy than that, I'll be like, this is – Where's the awards for this? Let's go. Um, uh, so one of the, I think it's interesting that I, I feel driven by the plot. Even when I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I'm like, but there's that locked door in the ship still. And I want to know <laughs> what is in it. And I don't know why that gets me so good, especially because like the main character says like pretty stupid things a lot. She'll be like, oh, like rips a gross parasite off a dead body. And she'll be like, seems docile. And then it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, attacks her. And she's yeah. like, got this parasite on her body. It's like, what are you talking about? Seems docile. You just ripped it off that dead body. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty dumb <laughs> yeah. thing, Selena. I don't I know if it's docile. At one point she's like, this, this seems harmless. I'll stick it on my back. <laughs> it's like, not. really? And everything, her, right. everything hurts her. And like you, you get adrenaline. It's like, ah! Or like you're, you're super, you're alt fire. Oh, that's the other thing I should, I want to mention too, but you're alt fire. Charge. You're like, ah, alt fire. I, I love, so I should say again, the wonderful game world. I think it's a, for, incredible. I think this game is for a lot of people. The sound design is incredible. It's beautiful. It's moody. It's alien. You know, it has all that stuff. Um, alt fire on the trigger. Apparently I'm too strong. I panic. <laughs> And, oh I'm like, and I'm like, Christian, <laughs> Christian so far has said too strong. If I can only get to the boss, I can kill it with a pistol. Well, yes. Uh, What's what your next let me, let me write this game. I don't <laughs> what have we said so far. 
thank you. Um, I don't like I don't like the 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 haptic the the alt fire. I, oh, I, it's in brilliant! A pan- it's in so a panic, good. I go too far. Uh, it's so good because you're shooting lightly, and then when you want to use it, you just push it all the way down. And I don't do anything lightly. Okay. <laughs> Christian is mashing buttons. Thank you. Clenched. <laughs> yes. Keep bar aside, right up to the elbow. Remember when I talked about needing fight sticks for everything? I am just Christian is like, I don't like roguelikes. I just <laughs> hold everything so tightly. <laughs> Someone gets me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 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 really bummed. I was so certain you were going to be like, you're right, Jeff. It feels like control. It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's, the shooting is so good. I overlook all the other things, but no. This is how um, I feel when I talk to you about Outer Wilds, which I was I'm like, I was like, game. fingers I crossed, you. hoping that this was like, you brought me back because you'd continue to play <laughs> Outer Wilds in the VR. And I was like, we're going to hear about it, baby. You're going to be like, you're right. Best game of all time. Can I, Girl. can I tell you something completely honestly that I wasn't going to admit out loud? You haven't touched it. Well, I haven't played a lot of it. I, I played it in VR and I was like, okay, cool. I'm into it. And then other things happened and life happened and it, I went away from it. I'm going to play it in VR. Uh, but I also, the, the thing I was going to admit is I was like, I want Lana to be back on the show, but I'm too embarrassed to invite her back having not played more <laughs> Outer Wilds. <laughs> no, I'm so glad that you invited me back before that. I never want that to be a reason to not hang. But I will shame you. Yeah, please. I need it. I need the motivation. I, I, I'm so into the game now. Like, I really want to play it. I just kind of got sidetracked and new releases come out and I feel like I have to talk about them. So you've no. been playing too much Valheim. Oh my God. That was the next thing I was going to say. Okay. I, I, I feel like we have Valheim. like a list of. Yeah, we so do have here's a, list. a Here's a pro yeah. tip, Jeff. It goes like this. Um, Lana, I played it and I love it. It's so good. You were right. It's so good. What a I beat it. You never I, say that to me. I oh, I loved it. What was that on that Ooh. world? Um, what what was that that really cool one? How did it go? Oh, tell me about it. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm blanking. I just it blew my mind. Like the way it un unwrap unwrap. Like it just kind of you're expanded. teaching me to lie. You're teaching me to lie. I yes. also love lying. It feels so good. <laughs> love lying. Oh man. <laughs> But see, Christian doesn't even have the courtesy to lie to me. Christian will be like, I'll be like, Christian, dude, all I, all I want is for you to play Half-Life Alex. And Christian will be like, yeah, I played 37 minutes of it. And I, I hate it more than anything I've ever touched in my life. Oh, okay. Well, I, I've never been more certain you'll like Returnal. No, it's hot garbage. I hate it. Oh, no, I okay. have the text. The text was very polite. It was, why did you was, waste my time with it? <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's uh let's get to the rest of your you know now that my heart is broken let's get to the rest of your uh your uh, playlist because uh you've also been playing some more monster hunter rise as you indicated earlier yeah was did i talk about the last time i was on the show i forget when I think that was you did, but even if you didn't you should talk about it again because we haven't really played it and a lot of people are playing it's a huge hit yeah the the rest of the stuff in my playlist i feel like is not very new stuff but it is what sort of I'm gravitating towards um, or rotating through yeah. uh, monster hunter rise. I really, really like the verticality of the world that they've added. The wall running is awesome. Uh, I still feel like their tutorials are way too dense, just text coming at you, but um, the co-op mode is way more fluid. Uh, previously in monster hunter world, 
if somebody had not seen the latest cutscene and you tried to do like a plot, quote unquote plot, of which I think is not that enjoyable uh, in those games, you could not queue up, like get into a hunt together. You had to go separately join your different hunts and watch the cutscenes and then come back. Uh, like quit your quest and come back and relaunch it. It was really frustrating socially. Um, but this, they just sort of have two different hubs. You have like the gathering hub area, which is the social area where you can play with your friends and really easily connect. Once you create a lobby, you can actually see each other in the entire village of Kimura, where usually there's only like certain spaces that you can even visually see the other hunters you'd be playing with. Um, and the, the wire bug system, which is sort of like the big new, like actually active, like fighting mechanic that they added is so satisfying. Um, basically the wire bugs are like physical little bugs. You can, you, you start with two, you collect, can collect an extra one in the world and you can use them to traverse by sort of shooting them and launching yourself into the air. So you can get um, mounting damage on the monsters or you can do your wire bug attacks, which the more you play, you can actually unlock new ones. So I play sword and shield almost exclusively like 99% of the time. And it started off with like this cool sort of like it lassoes and spins around you and I'll hit the monster a whole bunch, but I unlocked a, a counter move. So if the monster's about to hit me, I kind of like the character sort of slams their shield up and does extra damage. Um, if the monitor monster hits me right in that time. So there's moments of just feeling like you're doing really impactful, cool monster huntery things. And you can ride the monsters way more often and like run them into each other and make them fight. And that is very exciting. That's um, awesome. And, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's really, really a fun, uh, really dynamic feeling version of Monster Hunter. I love it. Does it stay beautiful? Like later, I mean, it, at the beginning of that game, it, I know it's like the RE engine on Switch, I think is impressive, but it's one of the better looking Switch games, I think, available. Like the monsters still, at least those early monsters were um really really cool like they're still big and detailed it's not like a parsed down version of world i think in terms of um what's on display does that yeah, make sense it does i think though the one thing i notice coming between the two uh i mean it definitely doesn't have the visual fidelity that world has yeah and so when i first booted it up i'm like oh everything looks kind of gray like it almost felt like there's a, a filter on it uh just looking at the two side by side but playing monster hunter rise like it immediately sort of leaves my brain and I've gotten used to it. I just think it's very, very beautiful. And the monsters are awesome, well-animated, very cool, unique monsters. I really like it a lot. So you're, you're loving it. You're loving Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. You were a big Monster Hunter fan before Rise? I played World was the first Monster Hunter oh, game I played. Yeah. I've, I never had any of the handheld consoles. Well, that's so cool. I, so it, it, it feels like, because I, I know that, there was some concern that people, you know, world opened the series up to a whole bunch of new players. And, uh, I was concerned that it might be a sort of a step backward or, or not even backward, but just wasn't really following through the, the, the stuff that world introduced and more was a return to the way that series was beforehand, but mm -hmm. you feel like it, you picked right up with it. Yes, absolutely. It definitely awesome. feels like there's like a refinement to it. That is fun i'm trying to think there's like a couple things that really like even de delivery quests where you go and you have to like grab a big egg and you can run with it yeah but if you accidentally get hit by a monster on your way back you drop it it's really annoying you can still use your wire bugs while you're doing that so you can just zip all the way back to base and so even like the quests that are like the delivery quest 
you still get the wall run holding this stupid egg. Like you still get to do it's cool, cool dynamic things. So like, awesome. Yeah, it's good. Monster Hunter Rise on Switch. Uh, and then you're playing Apex Legend and Valorant. Yeah, I don't really have to talk about Apex Legends because Apex is Apex. I don't yeah. play any of the special modes or anything. I know they just dropped arenas and stuff, but they just dropped Valorant is what they dropped. They dropped uh, when does Valorant? I know you can't say, but when does Valorant go BR? Because Apex just went Valorant. That you know, it's like the buy-in three v three. Like yeah. it's it's still plays very different. It's a you know a different the bones of the game. But when mm-hmm. I first saw the first trailer for it, I was like, oh. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I have not tried it. I put Valorant on here because I uh, I feel weird talking about it because I work at Riot. Riot didn't ask me to say I don't work on Valorant. I've actually never played Valorant before. Um, Neither did I. So I, I I started playing it with my with my team. We started having this joke that it was always Valorant Mondays, but then it was also Valorant Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. We played Valorant <laughs> all the time. Um, I really started enjoying it. It's a lot less inti- intimidating than the jargon surrounding it makes it sound. Yeah. Um, but I, they just came out with this escalation mode. I don't know how Just came out with it is. I thought it launched with the game, but then people are like, oh, the new mode. But it's really fun. Apparently, it's uh, something like um, Gun Game from Call of Duty. One mm. of the other Yeah, games. where you, like, you kill people and get a better gun. Yes, that yeah. it's it's slightly different where it's just however many team kills you get, it sort of fills up this meter at the top and then you, you go through all these weapons and the weapons are just randomized. It's not like mm. always starting with a rocket launcher and ending with a knife. It's like just whatever guns you happen to get. But it is a super fun, super fast mode that is a great way to just sort of get in and try different weapons and see which ones you like before jumping into the other ones. Um, uh, and it's just fun to run around like crazy and beautiful maps, beautiful art. I really like it. So yeah, yeah, that's Valorant. Valorant Escalation. Escalation. Yeah. Awesome. Christian Spicer, you've been playing that RE Village as well. And you live to tell the tale. I have been playing. First of all, wait, 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 before we even get to there. Okay. uh, Lana, you dressed up like the tall vampire lady. That's true. I, I, was that that was just a, I like this character, but I don't want to play the game because you're not playing the game. I've or never, you're not dressed up as the tall vampire lady on this show. So like, you know, you, I could go get my hat, dude. <laughs> the, it's uncanny the resemblance. I might I might add. You like your cosplay is on point, which is crazy. People were like, "What? You had just had that stuff lying around your house?" I'm like, "Okay, that is like my bathrobe tucked into my bra." <laughs> And like a sun hat that I happen to have that I never wear because I don't have like the self-esteem to be like, yeah, big hat. Like, I guess I can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was so ridiculous. But I saw that tall lady and I this is going to sound so trite, I feel like. But usually when people are going crazy about something on the internet, it's like some slim little sporty thing running around, whatever. I saw that lady and I was like, oh, a curvaceous, tall, like atypical vampire lady. And I was like, I never see video game characters that look like me. And I really did think that she looked like me. Yeah. Which maybe I mean, is very vain. Like your face looks like hers too a bit, you know? Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I felt the same way. And I, it feels weird to be like, that's that's me. Uh, but <laughs> that's I just Jeff felt- in Mortal Kombat. That's Johnny Cage in the new Mortal Kombat. <laughs> is Jeff. It Not is anymore. uncanny. It used to be. I'm seeing a lot of Doctor Strange in the chat every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've changed it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw I saw her 
And I was like, I've got that big hat that I've worn once in my life. And I decided to dress up like her and it went well. I guess. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. It's oh, perfect. Thank you. Anyway, but but no desire to play the game. Oh, I hate horror games. Can't handle them. <laughs> okay. I can't watch trailers. Don't. I never played a Resident Evil game in my life. Never That's seen so a movie. funny because I, I I thought, oh, Lana's going to totally be I, all over that game. She was so excited about I the character. I was so worried. I, I was like, <laughs> should I download it and just try it? Be like, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. No, but like, now, like, no. now that I, I was even saying, I was like, I'm going to get on there and they're going to find out I'm a fake gamer girl. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you could not be less fake about anything. Person who's two biomes into Returnal playing one-handed. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just, quick side note. Just the fact that anybody would even ever have to worry about that makes me so disgusted about our hobby on a certain level. You know, like, screw that. Anyway, Christian, <laughs> you have been playing Resident Evil Village, although your cosplay of the tall lady, mu- very lackluster, I must say. <laughs> Yeah, I I, disappointing. Uh, I usually just cosplay as Ethan, which is a dumb white dude. Um, and I got that Nailing down. it. Thank you. Nailing it. Thank you. Um, so I talked about both of the demos and like their kind of timed release. I bought this on, I'm playing on PC. And for all intents and purposes, I mean, this is a heck of a PC port. Like Capcom is um, a publisher that made good PC ports, not all. All companies do, and this is a really good PC port. I see people online, some people complaining about some stuttering in, in places. I haven't noticed it. Um, it's played really, really well for me. The ray tracing, I think similarly to consoles, it's not, you know, control kind of blow you away. Like, it changes the the game. Like, you should play on a current-gen console versus a Xbox One or PS4. You should play on PC with ray tracing. I don't think it adds that much. The prior-gen versions of this game still look outstanding but my gosh i mean similar to as i talked about those those demos so i'm probably only because i was playing returnal and and then this one it came out maybe three or four hours into resident evil village as well um the resident evil because it's been so successful i think these teams are given avengers like mark you know like avatar level funding to make the dumbest games and i i love i mean it's so i talked about the the village demo before and that's probably in like the first hour first 90 minutes of the game you get to that point that was the village demo um so i'll talk about that again because there's no spoilers there right it's just part of that demo but you you meet two new characters and now i can confirm that new characters that ethan doesn't know and then they die, and then he like spends ten seconds like pounding his fist against a window frame. He's like, "Why does this always happen to me?" And it's just like it has to be hanging around a lot of zombies. <laughs> it, it, it like has to be self aware, and like it's it wears its B movie, you know, proudly. But it is stunningly beautiful. Like the RE engine and the interior, especially the interior environments are just stunning like i I, it's it's one of the i don't know other games that kind of do this that are so cheesy um (laughs) and like in on the joke i think but it's not a comedy you know it's not like it doesn't wink at you in a way um but it, it it plays it straight but it's so cheesy that it it can't be 
and then they're given millions and millions of dollars to make this this beautiful game. But Ethan is just <laughs> just dumb as a rock, just like a big dumb idiot. Like again, <laughs> very early, very very early. Like three of his two or three of his fingers get like ripped off, and he goes ah, and then just goes about his day. It's like what? <laughs> This is all wrong. Everything. What are you? Why do you keep doing this to your? It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, to be fair, every character in a horror genre, be it movie, TV show, video game, eh, they tend not to be the brightest bulbs. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They wouldn't be in the horror situation anymore. Somewhere there's a writer. Who, who was responsible for this, who was just heartbroken because they yeah. thought it was so authentic. No, it is authentic. For Gosh, I hope I'm Dude, not. I'm just not. kidding. By the way, we have proof that it, that it is authentic because Lana burned her hand and went, ah, and then just figured out a way to play the game again. Well, this you know? I was actually, sorry, total tangent. I did burn my hand and go, ah, but I was in the middle of playing D&D, and so I just came back to my desk with an ice pack. <laughs> <laughs> and just finished D and then I was like, "This really hurts." <laughs> anyway, uh, it, yeah, I, I hope I, I really, I really hope I'm not offending anyone because I, I, I do think it has. Golly, I, I think it has to be intentional, and it, and it does it so well. Like I don't mean it as a negative. Like it is this Resident Evil is this rare game, and the franchise has kind of always been that. You know, like I would have been a jail sandwich, like all of those things of like from the first game and the voice acting that went into it. And now they just have triple A budget to go and keep making these things bigger and they keep selling well. Like this game had huge concurrent players. And um, so, wait, so, okay. So above and beyond that, though, I mean, is that getting in the way of your enjoyment of the game or is it, uh, are you enjoying the game? It doesn't get away of my enjoyment of the game. I like it. Like yeah. I'm, I mean it as a compliment. Like <laughs> it, it is enjoyable. Oh, it's the last 20 minutes when I said how dumb this character yes, is. It's, I it's, meant that it, as a compliment. Uh, truly, it is part of this franchise to me. And I, I might be maybe some diehard RE fan is yelling at me. They're like, "No, this is very serious lore." And I'm the guy that don't change the thing about Sunset Overdrive. Like I'm the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the diehards. I, I think I think it has to be intentional and i do like it and i like that this game you know i talked about in the demos like you know i'm curious how it dives into this because re7 i I didn't finish it apparently it gets all of that in the back half it start it front loads it with like very serious and then it goes like to traditional re silly town and i'm glad that this game has that in the beginning and, and kind of has that throughout from what i've seen and the game itself is is phenomenal like they talked about how they tried to dial back the scariness of re7 like part of the reason why they were told people stayed away from RE7 or didn't finish it is that it was too scary. And I've yeah. seen some reviews. This from, guy with the, with the thumbs. Yes. Right yes. Here. Not Ethan. He lost his. Um, yeah. <laughs> why? Um, this game has scares for sure, but it also has really fun action and just like yeah. suspense moments. Not everything is a scare in the way that in this first person engine and, and RE7 did this as well. But like, the way that I think they've captured and maintained that feeling of like opening doors and that dread. So like, you now you get to a door and it's like, you go to interact with it and it pulls you in like just that much, a little bit closer. And you're like, Oh my, I can't if you're not like, I want to kick the door open, you know, and like back away yeah. and you can, it like slowly pulls you in and then there's something there or there's not. And you kind of like, something is definitely going to happen soon. Um, 
it's it is i have not like i said i haven't finished it probably four hours in um but i just think it's a blast of a game like this is a it, it's what i've been thinking about between this and returnal like when can i carve off a little bit of time to jump back into resident evil village and explore this this world and and just see dumb ethan's plight like poor dude man he's not there's no way he comes out of this game ahead like there's no there's yeah. no way he has nobody and he just is getting beaten to a pulp but it's cool and the, the lore and the mythology of like um it's on the box art right like the werewolves and vampires and this village that all kind of lives together and intersects i think is really fun and interesting a lot of times in that traditional monster verse um those things are kept separate and and not really, you know, yes, there's crossover Buffy and blah, blah, blah has certainly done it before, but I like when those types of myths come together and how they interact and stuff like that. And, and again, it is stunning and seems to run well on everything. I, for where I am right now, I, I highly, highly recommend Resident Evil Village. Um, That's great to hear. That's great fun. to hear. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I have no desire to play that game. I, I like the Resident Evil franchise. Fine. I just, I got, I'm having fun with the games I'm playing right now and. Not, no, no desire, but I'm glad you're digging it. And I want to hear more about it as you progress. Um, I have a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot of it's VR. We're going to get to that, but I want to mention a game that I put off talking about last week. I'm tempted to put off talking about this week because I have so much to say about it. Uh, and I'm not quite finished. I think we're going to finish. Uh, we were going to finish tonight, but uh, we had to move things around and record the show tonight. The game is it takes two. It's not close. This game is my game of the year so far. It is, I think, one of the most satisfying game experiences I've ever had. Uh, it, I think it's a masterpiece uh, of of just co-op perfection. It is like, what it does, it does better than anybody else does it. And that is taking two people putting them in a game and making them play and experience the world together. It is so much fun. Lana, have you played it takes two or, or I have not. And actually what's funny is I was tr- listening to try and catch up on episodes. And I heard you talking about how you didn't have something to play it with. And if you didn't have something to play with it t- tonight, I was going to be like, I got no commitments. Or oh, I would. I've been playing through it with Danish and uh, he and I have been having so much fun I highly recommend you play it with your boyfriend if if he's up for it. It is so brilliant. I I'm I know I am given to hyperbole, but let me tell you this. I have never ever said out loud, "Oh my god, that's amazing." "Oh my god, that's brilliant." "Oh, this is so awesome." More times playing a game. It 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 is so it throws you into experiences so quickly and changes things up so many times. And constantly the thing I said the other night when I was playing with Danish is this game, um, everything you think is going to be simple is more extravagant and longer and in depth than you think it's going to be. It, it, it constantly like does what it does better than you think it needs to. The game is very long Every part of it is fascinating and, and different and wi- wildly different than what you've done before. I mean, the whole game is basically an action platformer, requires you to play with two people. And so there are certain things that are constant throughout it. You're jumping, you have a double jump throughout it, you have a double jump and a dash throughout it. 
So you're constantly trying to get to places and get bounce on things and flip over stuff. The, the plot of the game is that you are a couple who is thinking about getting a divorce and your child transforms you into their dolls. And you have to figure out a way to not be dolls. But in the meantime, you're figuring out why you're together, right? So as dolls, you are small, uh, tiny sized, right? So it's kind of like the best Honey, I Shrunk the Kids video game ever made too. Um, and you're, you're going through these different areas of your own house, the garage, the backyard, the tree outside, the bedrooms, even a level inside a snow globe. But every time you go into these levels, it's not just the level. It's not just like, oh, you're in the garage and you have to defeat the garage. You're in the garage, but it's like through this lens of magical storytelling where you go inside the tree in the backyard and the tree is infinitely huge and contains, you know, squirrels that are dressed in military garb and like it's it's constantly adding these wild flights of fancy where you're doing all these incredible things it has set pieces that are as good or better than anything i've seen in uncharted or any game any game and the thing that's amazing is you get something like that like every five minutes and the game is super long there are so many ideas it's just bursting with ideas every level that you get new powers. So they swap out the powers. You lose what you could do in the previous level and you get new powers. And those powers are always asymmetrical. So the male character has one power and the female character has another power and they're often complementary. Uh, a, a good example is, um, you know, in one level, in the early level in the garage, you get, uh, the male gets a, um, uh, you get nails, that you can throw and the woman gets a hammer so she can like hit the nail in, but also like the hook end of the hammer can catch on the nail and swing around. So you can create little platforming areas for her to leap on. And so she can get to places that he can't. That's a tiny example, but every level has wildly different mechanics. You know, in one level you're in the back of the garden and the male can like, transform into plants and the female can water things and hack at other plants. It's, it's wildly asymmetrical. So you can really play through the game twice, one on each side and have a very different experience. But through the course of it, you're also basically experiencing every game genre. I mean, at one point it turns into Diablo, like a top down Diablo. At one point it turns into a fighting game. It's like, it does everything. Um, it looks gorgeous beautiful beautiful game i'm playing on playstation 5 beautiful game it's just constantly throwing new things it's bursting with ideas it's just constantly throwing these new concepts at you keeps surprising you making you do wildly fun interesting new skills and work together you have to come up with ways to get across things everything in the game feels like a labor of love there's also, every level has like hidden mini games in it that you can that don't do anything. They're just a little fun little mini game. And half of them, I mean, there's been so many times where I've said to Danish when we've been playing it, if this was a whole game, I would play that whole game. And it's like a five minute chunk of this game. And it just keeps doing that. It keeps throwing a new brilliant five minute chunk at you that's different than what you did before. Super inventive, super fun and clever. 
Um, anyway, these mini games, these mini games are tiny little like distractions uh, that you keep scoring. You're playing head to head. So the whole game is cooperative, you're trying to get through it together. But then these little mini games are versus one another. And it's a fun little distraction that, and they're discoverable. They're hidden usually in the level. So it's kind of a neat thing when you find them. There's a bunch of them. My favorite that I have to tell you about is this one where you do a tug of war. Now, there's a lot of games, a lot of these little mini games that are really clever. There's like, you know, target shooting. There's all kinds of stuff, you know, whack a mole, all kinds of, one player plays the mole. The other player tries to whack them and you're like deciding which hole to come up and they have to try to predict which hole you're going to, just fun, goofy little side things that you do for, you know, a few minutes and you laugh and you see who won. Danish and I always play two out of three. It's just super fun. The best one, the best one. It's just so brilliant. It's a tug of war. And it's literally mash the, the triangle button. And that's it. Mash the triangle button. Whoever stops mashing the triangle button first loses. Right? And we both start, we're like, oh, is this all this is? This is dumb. This is stupid. Okay, well, you stop first. No, you stop first. No, this is this is ridiculous. My thumb is hurting. I know. Stop. So stop then. No, no, you stop. And it became that like we we're so into it. Like um, I am in agony right now, but I'm I'm not stopping pressing this button until you stop. It's and then a laughing fit of like I'm giggling because I'm doing this inane, ridiculously, you know, nonsense activity. I'm literally. It's just pushing a button. There's no skill here. But the game like anticipated that, right? It it knew that we would just collapse into a giggling fit and we would not want to let the other person be the one who pressed the button more times than I did. Ugh, it, who won? I was yeah, who won? I I have to admit I tapped out first before. But he's been wow. creaming me in all of those. Uh he's been up in the floor with me. There's been a couple that I I beat him on, but most of them Danish you know is whooping me on. But <laughs> um but the game is a delight. It is just so fun it's fun and it is exactly what i've needed i've been playing it over the last two weeks when you know my family was going through a hard time and i was i need you know i just needed that like connection with somebody and we got on and danish has been so awesome to like just be like hey let's just play a game let's just play a game we don't have to talk about heavy stuff let's just play and have fun and invariably we've just been laughing and being amazed at the the new wacky thing that this game will show will throw at us and how beautiful it is and how inventive it is. And I, it takes two is truly one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. It's just, and so brilliant that they've said, you know, we're we're making a co-op game. We're not going to let you play by yourself. And I think that probably prevents a lot of people from playing it because it took me a long time to find somebody that would commit to that length of a game. It's a long game. It's a lot. We've had, like two sessions ago, Danish texted me and was like, all right, you want to finish It Takes Two tonight? And I'm like, yeah. And then we're like, <laughs> two sessions <laughs> beyond that, we still haven't finished it because it keeps going. And, and we're, we're loving it. It's, it's constantly surprising. Some of the best boss fights I've ever had in a game, like so clever. It's just, it's, it's a triumph, It Takes Two. It is a one of the best games ever. So if anybody listening... You, if you haven't played it because you haven't been able to find somebody, try to find somebody because I'm telling you, you will not regret it. I, it's been a, such a delight. Such and a friend, delight. Friends so, play free to re to for yes. oh, yeah. or maybe on, like I don't want to buy two copies. Like you buy one, the other person can play for free. Is it on Steam? 
How are you playing? I'm playing it? a PlayStation Five. I don't know if it's is it out on PC. I think it might be. Uh, it takes to PC. Uh, yes, it is on Steam. It is on Steam. Cool. Uh, this is Hazelight's game, uh, and you know I've loved all their previous games. I think this just. I mean, I think Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons is brilliant. Um, I feel like this is their like the culmination of everything that Hazelight has worked on up to this point. Um, I mean, I, I'll talk about it more when, when I finish it as well. I think we're like right at the end, but it's it, so many levels where I'm like, they did not need to put in this much here. And they do. It's just constantly going above and beyond what is necessary to tell the, to tell the story, to, to give you something fun, to put a smile on your face. And I think the game, I think the game is like not even a full price game, like 40 bucks, right? 40 bucks. Uh, compared to like the amount of content that's in it, the amount of ideas, the, the amount of assets. Like, I think, Lana, you would love the art. It's gorgeous. The animations are adorable. And these goofy characters and anthropomorphized everything, you know, they're everything in their world is anthropomorphized um, and animated in fun ways. I just, it's, I can't speak highly enough of It Takes Two. It blew me away. Blew me away. All right. Uh, I do want to talk VR, though. So let's get into that as well. All right. I played two brand new virtual reality games this week. Uh, The first is one that a bunch of people have texted me and tweeted at me about uh, asking my opinion. I have been under NDA about it because I got uh, demoed uh, the game uh, weeks ago and couldn't talk about it yet. So I'm excited that it has come out and I can now talk about Demio, which is basically a, a VR tabletop experience akin to something like Dungeons and Dragons. And it is only a multiplayer game. So you have to play it with friends. And when you put on the headset, you are transported into a virtual basement that has fun kind of, you know, stranger things esque gaming basement. Uh, and there's a table as fully 3d realized models, uh, you know, um, a sewer or a, a catacomb or a cool thing. There's different modules you can play. And the modules actually look like old advanced dungeons and dragons texts, which is kind of neat, but it's not D and D very akin to D&D, but um, it is not actually based on d d it, it is its own system, and it's a card-based system. So you play one of four characters. Uh, there's, uh, there's a wizard, a rogue, a uh, fighter, and a... Um, what's the last one? Wizard, fo- rogue, fighter. What would be the last one? Um, I can't remember. There's, anyway, a fourth character. And uh, I played the wizard uh, when I played it in the demo. And... Um, you have a deck of a uh, hand of cards. Those cards, you do not replenish after each round. So you kind of have to be strategic about how you, how and when you use them and they constitute your actions. You have certain basic actions you can always do, but then like the cool spells or the cool actions that you can do are, are cards. You can find new cards in the levels and chests and things dropped by bad guys and stuff. So there are, are ways to get more abilities in the course of a run, but you still have to be strategic about when and how you use them. And you are, you know, you're looking down on this table that's fully 3D in VR. You can shrink your view so that you, so the characters are sort of life size or anywhere in between. You can manipulate the table and manipulate your size relative to the table. Pretty cool. 
It looks great. The game's gorgeous. Uh, I played it on Quest 2. And um, and you're, you know, you're moving around as a team. You're fighting bad guys that show up. You're, there's fog of war in the dungeons. And so when you come around a corner, you'll see where the bad guys are. And there's cool things to discover. And you're rolling dice to do attacks. You play a card. If you want to do a cool attack, then you roll a die. It's not a D20. I think it's a D12. And most of the sides are like success. And then there's a couple of fail. If you fail, it isn't that your attack doesn't land. It's that you attack a random person around you. So you may even attack a friendly, which I think is kind of a fun twist. And it makes that social element all the more fun. Cause when you roll a, um, a fail, it's like, Oh no, who am I going to hit? Um, and, uh, so it, you know, it's basically what it is. You're it, it's all combat. There's very little actual storytelling. So it's not D and D in the traditional sense where you're, you know, telling this grand tale. Uh, it's very much a dungeon crawler, turn-based dungeon crawler, trying to, you know, defeat all the enemies, get as much loot as possible and move forward. And then at the end of each round or level, uh, you have the loot that you've collected. You can use to buy new cool cards or spells or items or whatever that gives you new abilities moving forward. So it's a, you know, it's a progressive dungeon crawler, but all cooperative, all in VR. And it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's called Demio. Um, I, I do wish there was more storytelling to it. Because, of course, that's one of my favorite things about D&D is the tale being told and discovering the story elements. And this is very much, you know, combat focused. Uh, But they talk about how they're going to have lots of new modules uh, upcoming and new monsters. The monsters are really detailed and interesting looking. The effects are cool. It's, I think, easily recommendable if you have a group of friends that all have VR headsets and can you know, I'll be on at the same time. I, it's such a wonderful social experience, especially now in the, you know, the world we're in now where we don't, we haven't really seen each other in person a lot. Being there, having that sense of presence in the VR space, it, it feels like you're standing around the same table. You can see the hand, pick up the dice and roll it, and you're talking in each other's ear. It's, it's a great social game. Demio. Is there how like, long, is, how, oh, go ahead. How long are each module? Like, how long is the play session? The play session can be... Uh, as long or as short as you want. I, I think there the the modules themselves have a lot of variability because they're randomized. Like there's each module's maps have like I think five or six different configurations that can are randomly populated at any given time. So you know, and and where the exit is and where the treasures are is all randomized. So you never quite know how how easy or difficult it's going to be but i think we played i think we played like two hours or something like that um and i didn't want to stop you know we were still in this we were we had finished the the first level and got to buy stuff and then started the next level so you know i think you could have a short session as well and then do a marathon day if you wanted to Uh, it, it was great fun did it seem like the kind of thing where they're going to release tools or something where it's like use the map maker so you could use it for D&D with your friends in the future? I specifically asked that and they said they didn't have any information to share about that at the moment, but like they a- were listening to what fans would want. So um, I, I suspect that people will want to use it for that. For I think the tool set is awesome for the combat. And I think if they let people layer on cool storytelling elements, I think they would have a hit because I think it'd be awesome to jump on and like have one player. D- they were talking about having, maybe having a DM mode, which is not in the game now, 
where, you know, you could like place stuff around. So if you could do that and also add in some cool, you know, text that pops up or I don't know, some sort of storytelling element, I think it would be a home run. I I, I dig the games, Demio. And I think it's pretty cheap too. It's not, not a full price game either. Um, and the other VR game that I played recently is Star Wars Pinball VR, which is made by our friends uh, that have made all those pinball games that Christian, you you love all those pinball games. Um, what's the name of the studio? It's out of my head Zen. at the moment. Zen. Zen, yeah. Yep. Um, so this is the Star Wars, and they've done Star Wars and Marvel and all kinds of themed pinball games. Uh, this is bringing it into VR, and uh, it's typically great. I mean, I'm not the pinball fan that Christian is, but I loved the experience of, you know, it's cool that you start in a room that's like Star Wars themed and has cool, you know, it's got the uh, the game table from the Millennium Falcon in one corner. And it's got like a outside through a glass window. You can see like a full size ATST and, you know, it's, it's got cool stuff like that. Um, and then in one corner is like a pinball machine. You walk up to the pinball machine. It's got a bunch of different versions, you know, all themed around one themed around each of the episodes, one themed around, around the Clone Wars TV show, one themed around Rogue One, one that's just like Jedi or, or sort of force users. Um, so there's a lot of different tables. They are all really, I think, cool and clever, very mechanical. My favorite table of the bunch is one that's called like Star Wars Collectibles. And it's all about the toys. Uh, and on the surface of the, the, the pinball machine, like underneath the glass, is uh, there's like three boxed action figures. And if you hit something specific, if your ball hits something specific in the pinball machine, it'll like rotate and change the figures that you get to see. It's just so clever because in VR, it looks like actual action figures. Um, so it's, it's cool. And, and also like on the, when you start up the, the particular table that you want based on whatever episode it is, it also loads a full life-size 3D model of a character like Luke Skywalker will just be standing next to your pinball machine, <laughs> like having a lightsaber duel. And just while you're playing pinball and you know, you're mostly just looking at playing pinball, but you can keep looking up and like see Luke <laughs> fighting, you know, <laughs> or like a droid or something or Darth Vader will be standing there or something. It's, um, it's great. If you're a star Wars fan and you like pinball and you've got a VR headset, it's a no brainer. Uh, I, I think it's very, very good. I, I don't have the pinball acumen to rate it the way Christian might, but I, I enjoyed playing it. I think it's, it's, it's interesting that the studio is called Zen because like Tetris effect in VR, I found myself being very calm when I was playing this game and you're very closed off from the outside world. You're, you're the pinball wizard, right? You're, you're in just, just focused on pinball. I found it very calming and, and, uh, a nice respite at the end of the day to like, just play a little pinball, you know? Yeah. I I've played a bunch of the table. I think I'm assuming they're not different versions of them. And there are some really good tables on there in my opinion. Um, I almost bought this. I almost, almost bought this. And then a good chunk of the reviews uh, and I've played some of their other VR. They've done some other VR, um, versions of their other tables. And I would say, I don't know how many, a, a decent number of reviews on the Oculus, uh, store, said that the resolution was like bad in this compared mm. to their other games. And like you had, you saw like the developer response, like thank you for a feedback. We're working on it. 
So I don't know if you, I don't, I guess you don't have the other tables to compare, but like, that's the only reason why I didn't buy it on. That's interesting. I'll be honest. I played it on steam on Mm. my index. So I didn't get the Oculus two version that's specific to Oculus two. I didn't play it untethered. Um, So maybe, maybe there's a difference there, but I didn't notice any bad resolution on steam on my index on okay. index is a higher resolution headset anyway. And I was playing it powered, you know, wired to my headset powered by a powerful PC. So maybe a, that helped, but yeah, I love the idea of like, yeah, just sitting somewhere and just, and just play, like, you know, I still have it. It's a go-to on my phone and I play quite a bit of a various Zen pinball still from time to time. But I think there is something very nice about kind of closing off and being like, no, I am, yeah. I'm playing pinball. <laughs> It's very, I found it very calming. I I was playing way more of it than I thought I would. I was like, I'll give this, you know, I want to see what they did in the VR space. And it's cool because, you know, those really complicated pinball machines, they have, you know, like, you know, metal features that come up and out and like almost like roller coaster stuff with it. And all of that in 3D is even more impressive than it would be on a 2D flat surface. Um, So it, it does feel like you're standing in front of an actual pinball machine. And I, I found myself playing a lot more of it than I thought I would. It's great. So at Star Wars Pinball VR, I played it on Steam, but it's available on, I think, every VR headset. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Lana Bashinsky, it's the best. It's the best when you're on. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I love being here. And I'm glad you found a friend for It Takes Two. But whenever you want to set up the Valheim, which yeah, I believe that you were like gifted a copy to I play, was. and you are got to do it. I'm just and I can play yeah, that in I VR played, too with a mod. I gotta, I gotta try. It. I played Returnal. You also need to play Wonderbox. Like your list is long, Jeff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I'm, my I'm life is play complicated. More Returnal. I've, I'm committed to getting through that first biome to see kind of how it opens up. I'm, I'm giving this game a fair shake. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Well, we, we got to do the Valheim thing. Let's just let's make it happen. Ready? Yeah, um, we're busy. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys have all moved on. We have uh, a different Valheim game with our real friends. Um, we play no. with Dan. We play with Danish and it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lana, tell folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you do online. Um, the best place to keep up with me is Twitter. I am at Latienai. That's L-A-T-I-E-N-I-E. Um, I also run the Riot Animation Community Twitter, which uh, is Rat Animators. That's Riot Animation Team Animators, um, which I mentioned because we have a really cool sort of partnership thing that we're doing with the Agora community uh, called the Anim Challenge. So if you listen to this and you are an animator and you are interested in doing a cool animation challenge, there's a, the theme for this month is a Wild Rift style character intro. And hmm. so even if you're not an animator, there's going to be some really cool stuff. And so we'll be doing a couple streams about that. We'll be releasing a lot of cool game dev tips and tricks um, awesome. uh, on the Twitter. So check that out at Rat Animators. I think I would love to just see what people do. I think that'd be so much fun to just see what, what people come up with in a challenge like that. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. we gave them four like game production rigs, uh, which is not saying very much cause it's a very performant game, not a very robust rig game. Um, and so uh, I'm really excited Four different characters cool. to choose from. I'm pumped. Right on. 
Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? Yeah, Twitter's the best way at Spicer S P I C E R. Um, I uh, can say I can. I don't think I showed these. I have these. Can I see? Can you see <gasps> this? I, I don't know what that is. What am I looking at? Consequence stickers. Oh, stickers! I like put my hand up to get to focus. I thought it looked like candy. I was like, "Is you got candy?" No, it's that. It's that. It's that pink. Um, yeah. they're all over there. You can see. Oh no, I got to go to a different view. Um, th- you it's have multiple happening. views. It's happening. Yeah, on the stream. That's stuff to ship the stuff out. Oh, stickers are here. <laughs> I may have got uh, an email during the show that I read. Um, the the pins are on their way here, which is very exciting. Um, Checking the, his email during the show. The Classic digital Christian. the digital edition uh, is going out this month, um, and then the physical edition will be going into production very soon. So I am I'm so stoked on consequences, you guys. I'm so stoked on it. Um, and then I have this isn't this week, but I'll tease it because I love. I have a a fancy Sega Genesis fight stick coming my way. I'm what? so excited! You're like drowning in Excuse fight me. sticks over here. Yeah, uh, I am to fight sticks. What Jeff is to games, he says he's he'll play but doesn't. You thought I was going to say <laughs> wow. VR headset? I did. You thought I was going to say you zigged when I thought you were going to zag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hook a brother up with a flight stick. Fight stick, bro. Sure, and then you won't play the game. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I'll have the fight stick. It'll be so cool. And uh, uh, <laughs> I usually stream this show. It's usually Sundays at 7.15 p.m. Pacific. You can find it at twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And yes, Danish says Returnal with the fight stick. I need to get one of those dual sticks. And then, Lana, you can come over and you can I'll have your own stick. I'll have my stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm down, dog. I'm guys, guys. Vaxxed, baby. No, the, yes. the only way that we can one-up this is if all three of us try to use one controller. Somebody is just, <laughs> yo, this is what you do. Okay, you get one of those big fight sticks. Like from a multiplayer game, right? So we each have our own little zone. Somebody is the move and the da- and the dash, and somebody's the jump and the aim, just to really mess it up. And then somebody's just shooting. <laughs> we'll get we'll get a, we'll get a hitbox. We don't even have a stick. It's all just buttons, and you're oh just responsible for your own. Thing. I love it. You know what? You know how many views we could get if we pulled something like that off? <laughs> like at least fifty. Like yeah, like tens of views, you guys. Tens of views. <laughs> these guys, these three people, were really bad at returnable. Wait till you see guys. how they played it. Look how they have to stand in relation to one another to make this work. It's like all over each other. Like playing Twister, also <laughs> amazing. Uh, anyway, that's what Christian's doing this week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is filled with two N's and one T. Uh, I have several other shows for you to check out, and I'm back on all of them. So look at that. You got you got more me than you know what to do with, uh, including the Slash Filmcast. You can find that at SlashFilmcast.com. is where we talk about movies and TV shows. This week, we are talking about um, Stowaway. Whew. Not to spoil anything, but I liked that movie a lot. And um, I also do a science comedy show where you, we try to teach you something and make you laugh along the way. It's called We Have concerns you can find it at we have concerns.com uh i'm doing the dungeon run again i'm coming back this week i've been out for three weeks uh dealing with family stuff but um back this wednesday night and oh boy it promises to be a real humdinger of an episode the team has got themselves in quite the pickle uh uh, it is uh i thought there was going to be a tpk we got the closest we've ever been to a tpk last time and now we got to figure out how the team is going to survive uh, check it out. Twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Or you can watch it on YouTube uh, by searching for The Dungeon Run or as an audio podcast. Works great as an audio podcast as well. 
All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. I left in the lugubrious parting gift thing last week and got so many emails of people who thought it was good. They were like, I liked it. I, I don't understand that. It's but. like the Gears of War trailer version, right? It's like the stepped down, sad, melancholy <laughs> version of it. <laughs> yeah, like right. gores happening on screen. The lugubrious version? Oh, you have you to, there was some it weird down? arrow. It was some weird er, er, arrow, error that caused uh, when it played. It was parting gift. <laughs> yes, Exactly. It was super weird, and we couldn't figure out why I was doing it. Give me a suggestion. We were gonna—I was gonna swap it out in post, and then I was like, ah, "I think I'm gonna leave it in." And everybody's like, "I'm so glad you left it in." And I was like, "I don't understand why you like that." Anyway, Lana, you are yes. our guest. Uh, can you give some people something to get them through their week? I absolutely can. I—I I feel like I'm a little late to the party on this. Maybe uh, it's a, a movie. I say movie because it is filmed, uh, but it's not really a, a movie. Um, called In and of Itself on Hulu. Have you guys seen this? Oh yes, oh. one of my favorite things ever, ever created. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh yes. my gosh! So I feel like somebody, probably you guys, must have talked about it at some point. Just you know, given the old plus one million to that, it is so stunning. And I feel like it's interestingly pitched. It's like, like the uh, the description on Hulu says. I'm not gonna. Yeah, sorry. I'm acknowledging chat saying don't say anything about it. Just watch. I agree with that. But the one thing I will say about it is the description on Hulu says like a whole new take on the lyrical poem, which oh, I feel like interesting. Having watched yeah. it, yeah, that really might turn know. some people off. It's not pretentious. It's, I don't think. I don't think so either. I think it's really accessible. I yeah. think no matter. A little bit just in that it's in a theater. Filmed. Yeah, I guess. Um, but uh, but not not no. I think like it is. I don't want to say anything about it because it really is very interesting to just be like, I wonder what this is. Yeah. And it is yeah, go in as cold as you can. I, I would suggest as well. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. But just, definitely make time and see it. If you, if you have Hulu, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If you don't have Hulu, get the free trial for this. It is it is worth it. It is worth it. But totally yeah, agree. lyrical poem. Yeah. Sure. I did not get <laughs> lyrical poem from it. I just got interesting. Yeah. Co content. It's, it's yeah. so great. It's fantastic. It's like part magic show, part whatever, but it's, it's, it's quite something special. It's called in and of itself on Hulu. Christian Spicer. What is your parting gift? Yeah. There's a very specific parting gift. And then it's the broader parting gift. The specific parting gift is we have talked about our Peloton uh, loves on this show before Jeff yeah, they, and I've talked trying about, to get them as a sponsor. Oh, I, I would take that. Um, I know I want them to sponsor the show cause we both use and love, but there's also an, a hashtag geeks and sneaks on Peloton. If you want to join it, if you have a Peloton. So Peloton, I will hold this parting gift for, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want to, you want me to say this? <laughs> hey, me. um, I am a big fan of their power zone training, which is there's a already a, a guided um training session called discover your power zones and it kind of walks you through it and it adds another bar to your screen and it's basically personalized training for you done on a group scale where everybody you're not competing you're all you want to be in your zone three so everybody's in their zone three whatever that is for them i really like that style of training 
And now they've introduced um, new sections of classes and specifically for power zone, it's called build your power zones. And what they've done now is it's progressive training. Like the next class isn't available for you until you do the one before that. And so they build on each other, whereas otherwise they're live classes and they're on-demand classes. It can be like, I want to ride to, you know, Britney Spears today and I have 45 minutes. And then so like the beginning is like, hey, if this is your first time doing a hit class, this is what we're going to do. And you know, if this is your first power zone, you want to do this and that. And these get to, it's like, all right, strap in. This is week three, class two, where you, you build, you taper, you go for a goal. It builds you for one thing. And I... I really, really have enjoyed it so far. So the very specific parting gift is if you have a Peloton, I would recommend doing the power zone training and doing discover your power zone. And then now this new build your power zones. I really enjoy the broader parting gift is I have found in this pandemic and now rediscovered, I, I missed, I really enjoy structured training. That is a program that someone else spends time thinking about and then I get to just execute on like as a, an athlete, my life through high school and college, you know, by coach telling me what to do, we're gearing for conference. This is that thing. And I found some of that in CrossFit as it would gear to the CrossFit games. But in the pandemic, me free programming, I've kind of lost my way. And so the broader parting gift is if you can find a way to put some structure and a goal into your training. And I think it becomes much more rewarding for me personally. So one small thing to add that maybe sort of bridges this gap. I haven't tried it, but I do have a friend who doesn't have a Peloton, but did pay like $10 for the Peloton app. Yeah. And you get access to many structured workouts. Yeah. And just the and you app. Don't need a, you, don't you don't need, need the, the bike. bike. Yeah. 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 They it have like stretching and yoga and, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I think that is like a, maybe a, a little middle ground of your parting gifts there. Yeah. She swears. Also, I highly suggest people, uh, if you're looking to get a Peloton, there's used Pelotons. Check that out. You can spend, save a lot of money. Um, we got a listener suggested parting gift. Actually, I'm using this as a parting gift. Uh, we got this from a lot of people. Shane is the email that I'm going to read, but a bunch of people mentioned this because last week, Christian and I both lamented the lack of a sort of cohesive front end for all the different services, Steam and Epic Game Store and Microsoft Game Store, all the different front ends of where you might have gotten a PC game. And I was mentioning that Roku on TVs kind of works as this Uber front end, the macro front end that will tell me, you know, I just search for a, a program on, on uh, Roku and it says, oh, it's on... HBO Max, or it's on, you know, whatever crazy app it's on. It's on the Amazon video, whatever. And I love that. It's just like, you know, I'm not just going into each app and searching for whatever this thing I've heard of. And I, we both lamented that there should be something like that on PC. Well, Shane writes, GOG Galaxy is exactly what you were asking for. All your launchers, including on PSN and Xbox, search and find if you already own it syncs everything together and keeps getting better. The force is with you. Thanks for all you do, Shane. Thank you, Shane. A bunch of people mentioned that also on Twitter saying uh, GOG Galaxy does the thing that we wanted. So I have not used it yet, but I'm excited that that thing exists. Pretty excited. Thank you, Shane. If you want to have your parting gift read on the show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send them. 
uh, give us a recommendation that we can put on the end of the show. Uh, my parting gift, uh, actually, is, I think kind of similar. Well, not really. It's a, it's another enigmatic, hard to describe thing. Uh, I also think it's brilliant. I also think I might be late to the party because it has existed a long time. But somebody came on the Slash Filmcast and recommended the show about the show, which I decided to check out this week. I ended up binging nine episodes in a row in one night. I think it might be one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. It is truly just working on another level. Uh, it's it's hard to describe. the The top level pitch is that it's a sh- it's called the show about the show, and each episode is about the making of the previous episode. And that's the whole show. The first episode is about pitching the show. And the second episode is about making that first episode. And the third episode is making the second episode. And it becomes this like crazy rabbit hole of craziness. And it ultimately becomes this kind of weird exercise in radical honesty, where the filmmaker is is, is like just telling everybody secrets, (laughs) including his own. It's not like anything I've ever seen. It is bizarre and fascinating and hard to pull away from check it out. It's on YouTube, totally free on YouTube. Very much an adult show, very much not for kids. Um, but, uh, the show about the show worthwhile. If you're, if, if that description is at all, makes you curious, check it out. It's really wild. I haven't, I have recommended it now to several people and none of them have been able to stop watching after the first episode. They were like, I watched five of them. It's, it's quite something. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Lana Bashinsky and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us and making the show better in real time. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L. Sean Madigan and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who download us and give us your precious time. We appreciate you. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.